It's time for Bring It Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Zealand Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. We've got plenty to cover, lake reports from all across the state. Ray Gildow will drop by, talk about muskie and walleye stocking on Galway. Jason Freed has the latest from Leech Lake and talk about how he's been fishing through some bug hatches up there and having success. Plus another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleyes, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off here on Brainerd Outdoors with our good friend Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League, always keeping us updated on what's happening not only on the immediate Brainerd Lakes area, but also on Winnie. And I, and I guess, Ray, uh, should we start up on Winnie and then work our way south? What are you hearing up there? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, it's been it's been a, uh, a rough week, and, um, you know, there's been uh, huge temperature changes. A week ago, we're looking in the 80s. And then this past week, we are looking down into the upper 30s and low 40s for coolness at night and lots and lots of wind. And so up on Winnie, it was a tough, tough week to get out on the big lake for people. Um, you know, there's just not a place to hide so much on Winnie because it's pretty much a round lake with not a lot of bays and places to go hide. So consequently, the people that have been fishing, and I've been, are, are, we together have been working with high banks here for a few years now with uh, Kim and Rick uh, Leonhardt up there, and most of their customers have had to kind of get up to Cutfoot Sioux, which is kind of up on the north side there, and get out of the wind. And Cutfoot Sioux is also a very good spring uh, fishing area, and it's a pretty good-sized uh, attachment to, to Winnie, too. But, uh, so there's been more action on Lindy Rigs with leeches, than there has been with spot tail shiners, although you can still get spot tail shiners up on Winnie if that's what you're looking for. And uh, the, the fish are definitely moving out away from the shore breaks and are moving back out into a little more structure. Uh, where last week we talked, they were catching them in 15 to 17 feet of water. This week they're getting back down into that 20-foot range, <clears throat> and there still are some people who are using uh, jigs and, and minnows, but the jigs and minnows don't seem to be quite as productive now as the, the Lindy rigs are. So it was, uh, and, and this week, today's Saturday, there is a tournament on Winnie, too, so if you're going to go up there, you might want to just keep that in mind, too. It's a big lake, and it's not a problem, but there's a, a walleye tournament on the lake today. So uh, it's been a rough week weather-wise, ups and downs, a lot of, a lot of temperature changes, which has made it uh, a little bit tougher bite. And slipping down to the Brainerd area, I think it's fair to say that's the same thing that's happened. Uh, water temperature on Winnie was about 61 degrees when we checked here the, yesterday. And I think it's probably in that 62 to 63 range now in most of the Brainerd area. Maybe a little bit higher than that. Uh, 
it's been hard to get warm weather because of the of the temperature changes that we've had and some rain that we've had too. But so uh, North Long for a while was doing really well with walleyes, and I think this week has made a tougher bite there. And uh, a couple of my buddies were bass fishing and a walleye fishing here yesterday, and they said the bite was pretty tough just because, uh, you know, I think because of the weather that we've been fighting there too. In the smaller lakes, uh, the bass fishing, I think, has slowed down a little bit. I don't know about night because I don't get out at night, but I know there's still lots of guys that go out uh, on, on almost all of our big lakes here and start pull out trolling crankbaits. And uh, they, the fish will still then come move into those shallower waters where the water is getting a little warmer. And I don't know how they're doing. But the daytime bite has been pretty sporadic. So it's kind of been up and down. And uh, next week, it looks like we're going to get some uh, three or four days of that 60 temperatures. And then it looks like we're going to have a nice run of weather. And I think that nice run, run, of, run of weather rather is going to help us out a lot. And I thought one of the things we could do today, Brian, was... Uh, Talk a little bit about, uh, highlight one of, uh, of our area lakes every now and then when we do this fishing report, because obviously the people who live here know a lot about the lake, but a lot of our tourists uh, and people who are just weekly uh, visitors don't know a lot of the details about the lakes. But so today I want to just uh, highlight a few things that have been going on in Gull Lake. I spent a little time talking with some of the DNR guys uh, this week, and it's really interesting. Uh, in the last samples that they did on Gull, uh, the largemouth bass were uh, the highest rate they've recorded in the last 10 years. The average length is about 10.7 inches, but 36% of the bass that they caught were 12 inches or larger. And that's kind of consistent with what we've talked about over the last few years about how we're seeing more bass activity in our area. Um, Lax, of course, is a smallmouth uh, mecca right now. But even Gull Lake and North Long Lake and these lakes, I think we're seeing increases in the bass numbers. Uh, another thing that was highlighted is the black crappie and the bluegill numbers are also quite high, but the size wasn't that impressive. The average black crappie length in Gall was about 8.4 inches, with 62% of the fish measuring 8 inches or larger. And the average bluegill length was about 5.4 inches, with only about 9% of the fish measuring seven inches or larger, which is another reason why it's so important to throw those eight, nine, ten-inch panfish back because there just aren't that many of those really big fish like that left. Uh, stocking, we know that in 2016, uh, after quite a bit of controversy, the DNR started stocking muskies on Gall Lake, and they put in fingerlings. <clears throat> and uh, this isn't a scientific uh, uh, piece by any information, but by my calculations, those... Uh, 20, 16-inch fish um, probably are going to be close to that 20 to 25-inch range this year. So they're growing quite fast, uh, and a lot of that has to, depends on the size of the lake and the forage, of course. But we think that uh, Gall Lake has a great forage base of Cisco's, which is the primary muskie feed. So the plan is that every even year, 2016, 2018, 2020, uh, the DNR guys told me they're going to stock every Every other year, every even or every even year, I should say, they will stock 2,000 muskies, and all of those muskies don't make it. But they're stocking them, and they're uh, watching them, and to see how they do, and they hope to build a pretty nice fishery there. Also, this past year, last fall, they started stocking uh, for uh, fingerling walleyes, and it's been quite a while since they've done that. And on Gall Lake, they put 28,043 fingerlings in Gall Lake. 
and that amounted to about uh, 2,755 pounds of walleyes. And then they went across the highway and uh, transplanted about 13,890 walleyes in Round Lake, and that was about 607 pounds uh, of walleyes. And according to the DNR guys, what they do now is they do every spring, they still put fry in these lakes. They do that in Pelican and North Long and, and Gall and Round. And then they measure them in the fall to see how they've done. And if they're not doing well, then the plan will be in the following year to put additional fingerlings into these lakes. So they're trying to beef these lakes up uh, to make them the best fisheries that they possibly can. And uh, so that's, that's pretty interesting. That's what's happening on Gall Lake. And uh, we'll talk down the road here a little bit about Pelican and North Long and the Whitefish Chain, too, because these are all areas very much part of the Brainerd Lakes fishing mecca. Well, I appreciate the info on that, Ray, because I know you, you actually go in-depth and, and find out all this stuff for us, and uh, it's awesome for you to do that. Uh, I just had really one question, and maybe you've heard the same t- thing. I was talking with Mark Bajikalupi here not too long ago, who was the fisheries manager here in uh, Crow Wing in mm-hmm. southern Cass County, and he said be on the lookout that we may have some more restrictive regulations on panfish. And you mentioned you know, the smaller crappies and, and bluegills on Gull Lake. Uh, what are you hearing and talking to people out to? Do you think that's something that's going to happen here down the line? You know, I think it probably will. Uh, you know, we did, they did that on Sylvan Lake, and uh, they put the restrictions down to five. I think they've done that on Gilbert Lake. I think <clears throat> it's five there, too. I think there were so many big fish being harvested that it just started making the sizes smaller. So I think they're watching that carefully, and I think that they're going to probably go in that direction. So that'll be something we'll look for. That's Ray Gildow at the Nisswa Guides League. And as always, Ray's going to keep us updated, not only on Winnie, but uh, the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. And, and great to have Ray doing some in-depth uh, looks at, at just various lakes here in the Brainerd Lakes area. I appreciate it. As always, Ray, good stuff, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Brian. Thanks a lot. All right, let's head out to Mille Lacs, get the report out there from Steve Saponiak with Predator Guide Service. Steve's been hitting the water quite a bit, burning the candle at both ends. Uh, musky guiding mostly, I would think, Steve, huh? Mostly musky guiding, yes, but right uh, the last few days we've been doing some smallmouth fishing also. It's been, it was fun at the beginning. I have a father and son team from Texas come in. Uh, they drove all the way. Monday we did pretty good. Got some really nice smallmouth. Got some nice uh, walleyes. Everywhere we stopped, there's walleyes. We've seen some nice muskies, had some muskies roll on lures, so everything's excited. Then we got two days of gloom and doom with the cold front. You know, what do you do? But, yeah, we're, we have seen some fish. Like I said, the cold front slowed things down. But as to date, with my records, we've seen about uh, close to 60 muskies and maybe only 10 or 11 brine under 50 inches. That's incredible. Definitely one of the best in the country. There's no doubt about it. We saw two muskies now that are over 56 inches. One of them is definitely the new state record. When you get that caliber of fish, it's incredible. And not to mention the 57-incher that was caught uh, by a smallmouth fisherman last week. It's an unbelievable the size of these fish. Yeah, are you? Is it basically the patterns and stuff that with muskies right now, Steve, or right right with what you usually see this time of year? Or have you had to change things up a little bit? You know, it's, it's things are pretty normal as far as location wise. They're still in the back of the bays. They're in you know the bays themselves. They're in anywhere from uh, three feet to nine feet of water. The problem is trying to get them to go after that front brunt. It's been really tough. You know, the water stain. 
and the water temperature dropped. It was about eight, nine degrees within a matter of a couple of days. But the techniques and everything still the same. It's just a matter of slowing down. Location is still the same. We just need to get that water temperature up a little bit better and Mother Nature to cooperate. Would somebody be better off with a topwater bait, Steve, right now? You know, that's a great question. Top water normally is good this time of year. We've tried top water a few times here the last week, and we haven't had a heck of a lot of luck with it. Uh, which uh, which isn't normal. Usually they're banging on the top water also. What we're having luck with, Brian, is spinner baits and glide baits, such as a Phantom, the Rad Dog spinner bait, or the uh, Grim Reaper spinner bait has been good. But the Phantom lure has taken half of our muskies so far, and I've been happy with that kind of success. And mostly working the weeds? Working the weeds, yes, sir. Anywhere there's live vegetation, such as cabbage, and when you can find a sand flat with old dead bulrushes or cattails, you've got, like I have always said, musky nirvana. You've got the smorgasbord, and that's where these fish are holding. Like uh, when those gentlemen came up from Texas the first day, I took them way into a back bay with two feet, three feet of water, and we spotted one of the guys, spotted one right away. I just want to let them see what it's like. So they're definitely back in the shallows yet, no doubt. Now, you mentioned uh, bass fishing out there, Steve. I'm sure you're seeing a lot of bass boats, and, and you said uh, the smallmouth, you know, once again, like we said with muskies, with Mille Lacs, it's a destination lake nationwide. Smallmouth fishing is kind of the same thing now. It is. Smallmouth fishing is definitely the same. It, it's sort of disappointing at times. You know, I got these gentlemen came all that way, you know, and um, banged them right away, and then it slowed down. Everybody is having a hard time with the smallmouth. You know, you're picking up a couple maybe here and there, but nothing like Malax is noted for. We should be getting 20, 30, you know, fish days, if not more, like we normally do. I even, uh, the other day when we left uh, the resort and everything with my gentleman, met a couple that were coming, came all the way from California for the smallmouth. You know, so like you said, it's a worldwide destination. We just need to get things on track. And you think it's got a lot to do with water temp? Oh, definitely. It has all to do with water temp. A couple of days ago, before I got busy guiding again, I had one evening off, or one morning, I went for some panfish, and the panfish are just starting on the local lakes. So that shows you, I think we're a good three weeks behind schedule with everything, Brian. And then the walleye, Steve, obviously catching release only out there now on Mille Lacs. So you're still seeing a lot of people going after them. And those that are, I'm sure, are, are having some pretty good luck. You do. You see a lot of people chasing them. You know, we our guys caught them on spinner baits, and one bait is a goby. It looks like a goby from the Great Lakes. It was a great fish catcher. Tubes have been catching walleyes. Guys who are bobber fishing on the flats and over by the shores are catching walleyes. Sherman's Point, Becker Flat. The guys who are hitting the flats out in the middle of nowhere, seven, eight, nine mile. All those they're catching walleyes. It's all over the place. You know, as far as a shortage of walleyes, there is none. Yeah, that's. Interesting. I mean, Malax is just, uh, we always say, Steve, big, big water, big fish out there, and that's uh, no, no doubt in your mind. Definitely. I mean, what those gentlemen from Texas caught, Brian, were all nice size quality. I bet you there was nothing under three pounds. Maybe one was under three pounds, but the biggest was probably five and a half to six. And before we let you go, uh, people shouldn't sleep on the pike fishing out there, too, because you've tied into a few big ones out there as well. Definitely. You know, uh, Northern Pike, I know my guide service has taken over 800 of them in 30 years, over 20 pounds. And the gentleman from Texas, he got himself a beautiful one. I know it had to be at the 20-pound mark. It was just a gorgeous fish. Caught that on a phantom, came in, hit it. It was a fight like you wouldn't believe. They were full of vinegar. So, yeah, the Northern Pike are here, folks. Take good advantage of them. Right now, we just need the water temperature to get back up again for the pike to get active again. And should people, if they want to target those, Steve, kind of musky tactics, 
work those weeds, shallow water? Definitely work the weeds. Small spinner baits, black body with orange blades have worked good. I'm just waiting for the weeds to get higher. Like I said, right now we're three weeks behind schedule. I like that one-two punch. Someone's uh, got a spinner bait. We're dragging a bobber with a Sacramento about four feet down. That has always been successful for us for catching big pike. Uh, we were at that spot, that bay, uh, a couple times this uh, last week checking it out, and the weeds are barely up. There you go. So that's what's happening out on Malak. Steve Sapaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check Steve out at PredatorGuideService.com. As always, buddy, I appreciate the info, and we will talk to you soon, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right. When we come back, Jason Freed has got the latest on Leech Lake, and he's been fishing through some bug hatches up there and having some success. So we'll talk about that when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Set up to Leech Lake, get the report up there from Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Jason always keeps a very close eye on Leech up there. And uh, actually, Jason, just coming off the water, you guys are doing a little filming there, Jason. Uh, it sounds like you've got kind of a web series with your guide service that people should be looking at maybe coming down the line here a little bit. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we're doing a project this year, something new. We've been kind of kicking the tire on it for the last, oh, I don't know, three, four years, and uh, we decided it's called The Guide Life. And it's basically going to be a eight-part series about our, about our guides and kind of what, what we are as fishing guides and kind of our story, each one of our guides, and how we got into guiding and and, uh, and at the same time, highlighting the Leech Lake fishery and then different things and species and tactics that work at different times of year. So, yeah, it's, we're, we're super excited about it. We've got some sponsors on board who are helping us along the way and, and uh, you know, promoting our sponsors as well. But it's, uh, it's kind of a neat project. We're going to have it hosted on our website, um, the Guide Life um, with LOA page. And then we'll also have um, on our YouTube page as well. So we're going to have the first episode here, probably live here in the next uh you know, a little over a week or so is probably our guest, but uh, just pay attention to Facebook and, and, and whatnot and, and come to our website, and and, uh, and we, we'd love to get as many followers as we could. We hope it's a project that we not only do this year, but uh, years as we go as we move forward. Yeah, and then keep an eye on BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com as well. We'll put a link to it there once it gets up and running in the uh, Brainerd Outdoors Radio Facebook page, too, but that sounds really cool, Jason, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, let's talk about fishing up on Leech. Uh, we're into June now, mid-June. Uh, now we got to deal with bug hatches, and that's kind of the story up on Leech right now, huh? It is. You know, I was telling somebody the other day that I it is literally like clockwork. You know, one of the things I've always told myself I should do is take a fishing journal. And But the one thing I can tell you every year is right around Father's Day, within a few days of Father's Day, on the front end or the back end, that is when the mayflies start. And yesterday morning I uh, walked down the access and I saw uh, some of the smaller ones, and then this morning I... Got out of my camper and uh, was walking down the resort and saw a whole bunch of them on the side of the cabins and said, it's here, it's starting. Um, and, you know, for a lot of people, they get scared off by the bug hatch. But in reality, the next couple weeks can be really good fishing. And it's simply because the fish are going to be eating, the perch are going to be eating, all the other fish are going to be eating, and they're going to be chasing these mayflies, including walleyes. And uh, so don't be scared by it. I mean, it's, it's a time of year where everybody thinks, oh, the bayflies are hatching, the walleyes are going to be done. You know, it's typically when all the bugs are hatching, and not every lake hatches at the same time. Even Leech Lake, certain parts of the lake, like I'm on, was all over the lake today. On the west side of the lake, we saw way more mayflies than we saw barely any on the east side of the lake. So 
you know, those hatches are going to happen at different times on the, on leech and as well as other smaller lakes. And some lakes don't even really have mayfly hatches. So, um, you know, but when you're out on the lake and you're seeing, and you're seeing those mayflies hatching, now's the time to get the spinners out, start trolling spinners. Uh, we had a lot of success here this week, uh, trolling bottom bouncers with spinners. Uh, I've been using the uh, Northland butterfly blades a lot and either um, tandemed with a crawler harness or a slow death hook. And then either putting, uh, like I said, either a leech. Um, sometimes I'll put leeches on those slow death hooks or just a single hook with a leech and a, and a uh, butterfly blade or uh, just a simple crawler harness. And uh, I'm putting the uh, either a um, crawler on a slow death hook or with a crawler harness. And the nice thing about, you know, with the butterfly blades is you can actually troll at sm- slower speeds. Um, with the Colorado blades, which I do use those as well, I typically go about, you know, a mile per hour to 1.2. But with the butterfly blades, which are more of a prop style blade, I can troll down to like 0.7 at times and go slower. So if the fish aren't being as aggressive, you can slow down and actually uh, yeah, kind of work through them slower, almost like you would like a Lindy rig. So, um, yeah, but yeah, with the bug hatch, I would definitely look at, you know, having leeches and crawlers in your boat for sure. Um, trolling bottom bouncers, um, power corking or slip bobbering them can also work. And then just the simple standard, we were out this morning as well, and we were pulling just Lindy rigs and leeches and Lindy rigs and crawlers and caught quite a few fish doing that as well. And that's kind of been the name of the game with all my guide clients is just pulling Lindy rigs. And, um, and typically you find a lot of active fish doing it that way as well. You've always preached, Jason, of being versatile out in the boat. And uh, now, like you said, this is the time of the year. The more versatile you can be with those bug hatches, the better off you are. For sure, for sure. You you really, I mean, you can't go in the boat and expect to just catch fish with only one kind of bait. You need to have leeches and crawlers and minnows and artificials. You need to kind of have the whole arsenal. You need to have all those rods rigged up. You know, if you're looking at my boat right now, you'd see slip bobber rods. You'd see rods with jigs. You'd see lindy rig rods. You'd see spinner rods. You don't have to have all those rods, but you just need to at least have the gear ready to transition. Uh, because on some days, if it's windy, you know, spinners aren't the best when it's windy, all right? You want to be able to have flat calm or slightly winds on those days to troll spinners because then the spinner's not bouncing as much. Um, and so those are the days when it is windy, you want to get a jig or you want to uh, slip up or, or you would just want to drag lindy rigs. Um, and so you got to take advantage of the, those conditions, the sunlight, the clouds. Uh, but like you were saying, you know, it's all about being versatile, having all those things ready to go in your boat. Because at a moment's notice, you, know, maybe you might just be able to, you know, switch things up. And so pay attention to your graph, you know, find, find where you're seeing the bait, because if you're finding bait, you're probably going to find fish. If you're up there on leech, uh, we all know, Jason, that walleyes can be stubborn sometimes. And if you get, you know, into a rut there to where just nothing's happening, you just want something tugging on your line. Uh, what's some other options up there? Are the bass biting as well? Uh, yeah, you know, they're fine. The bass are um, kind of been on their beds here of late. Um, you're, you know, I'm hearing a really good reports of smallmouth being caught, uh, especially on the south end of the lake, so areas around like Pipe Island, Diamond Point, uh, Rogers, um, and some of the reefs like Huddles and whatnot are all actually producing smallmouth this time of year. Uh, largemouth bass, you're going to want to look into the, you know, the weedier bays like Miller's Bay, Steamboat Bay, Shingabee uh, are all going to be good places to start as well as Boy Bay. Um, top waters are going to be good, uh, drop shots for smallmouth, um, you know, frogs and whatnot for, for bass that are going to be up shallow. And then just simple tubes. Um, you haven't heard a ton on the panfish bites. I think a lot of the panfish have moved out. Uh, I, I've heard some really good reports of sunfish being caught up in some of the bays like sucker and steamboat. Uh, you just have to, you know, put some work in. Uh, but this is the time of year where the sunfish now are going to both go in and they're going to be on their beds, the bluegills. And so those are also going to be another good option. And we've talked about this before, but when those fish are on their beds, 
you know, just using good good conservation and in trying to throw some of those bigger ten plus inches back because those are the those are the prime spawners and those are the ones that help keep a sustainable big panfish population in your lake. So yeah, there's definitely opportunities to catch other fish on the lake. Uh, it's just putting the time in, but uh, it's just getting up here and enjoying it. You talked to any muskie anglers this week? I have not. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the really local guys who do a lot of muskie fishing don't do a lot in June. But if they are going to come out here in June, uh, you know, the kind of the, the report would be to focus on emergent weed beds. Uh, you're going to find some of the muskies within those areas where you have good cabbage starting to grow, uh, but there's also deeper water nearby. And then probably the number one thing that most of the muskie guys will tell you this time of year is just open water trolling. Uh, a lot of those big muskies that went in, they've spawned, and now they've moved out, and they're just kind of out resting and waiting for the water to warm up and get into the mid-70s. And so, um, you know, that would be the other thing is just, is just trolling, you know, big stick baits, uh, jakes, and some bigger cranks, uh, or going in and casting those weed beds is going to be your best chance of putting a muskie in the boat. One last thing, Jason. I did. I just talked to an angler that was up there earlier this week, and he was amazed at how he kind of had the lake to himself. Are you seeing a lot? Because you spend a lot of time up there. Are you seeing a lot of boats out on leech, or is it, or probably more on the weekends, obviously, than during the week? You know, it's uh, the one thing about leech is it gets a ton of attention in May, uh, all the way through the first weekend of June with the Walleye Tournament. Uh, but it does seem like once you get to about the middle of June, things kind of start to quiet down. Becomes mainly resorters, a uh, few weekenders. Uh, you know, but when you're also talking about a lake that's 112, 112,000 acres, you may just be fishing by yourself most of the day because there's just a lot of other spots for people to go fishing. So, uh, but yeah, the, the traffic I would say is definitely down or kind of now to the, the tourist traffic, the resorters, um, you know, the, the, maybe some of the diehard cabin, um, you know, people that are going to be up here throughout the summer fishing and then as well as a lot of your fishing guides. So, um, it definitely, it doesn't get the pressure as it does in May, which is kind of nice. And, uh, cause it does allow a lot more spots to, for you to fish without having to fish on top of too many other boats. So if you're looking for a nice quiet day of fishing on a, on a bigger body of water, Leech is not a bad destination. Yep. Just pay attention to the wind forecast. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there when the wind picks up that it, it gets rolling pretty good out there. That's, yeah, uh, it does. Uh, we've had many days already this year, but the wind is blown. Yeah. That's uh, Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com. And as we said, keep an eye for their uh, web series, too, The Guide Life. I think that's going to be a very cool thing for people to check out. Jason, I appreciate the info, as always, and we will check in with you next week, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Take a little break from uh, talking fishing and talk a little hunting with Brent Beimert. With Byron Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Brent and I have been playing a long, drawn-out uh, game of phone tag here this past week, and so we're able to finally hook up. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, actually. Looking forward to a uh, great weekend. Weather has really been cooperating. This is really, Brent, prime time for people to, if they want to get food plots in. Now is the time. Now's the time. You know, we had a slow, drawn-out cold spring, and the, um, the ground temp didn't get up for quite a while. So a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of seeds that require a warmer ground temp, but now all the temperatures are there and um, everything should be ready to go. You know, we've had a lot of rain too. So that um, some of my food plots are still pretty soggy and, and wet. So I got to wait a little bit, get them dried out some. And, and, uh, but otherwise now's the time to get things turned over and get some seed in the ground. What is, you know, you and I have talked about a variety of different things that you like to put in the ground. There's always new stuff that's coming out. There's stuff that's been proven that works. Uh, what is the hot thing that people are putting in the ground right now? 
Oh, there's a variety. You know, there's uh, the wall hanger premium uh, perennial blend from uh, Frigid Forage. Um, it's got alfalfa, chicory, clovers. And then for the first year, you'll get turnips, radishes, brassicas and stuff. Um, and then the following years, you'll get the, the alfalfa and the clovers to come back. So that one's going in the ground now. Um, Big and Beastie Brassicas is another one from Frigid Forage. Um, that's a really popular blend, and that's full of uh, purple top turnips and radishes and just a variety of things. There's kale in it, and uh, it's a really nice smorgasbord for them. Um, but that's going to be, you know, mid to later June here that we'll be putting that in the ground, but we're not very far away from it. So Monster Magnet's another one that can go in the ground now, um, really high in protein and uh, it's got peas and soybeans and sunflowers and makes a nice, uh, really nice food plot. I don't think I'd ever thought I'd see the day when I would hear deer eating kale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like it. <laughs> That's strange. You know, it's funny yeah. because, I mean, that was like the hot thing for all, you know, where they just got to eat kale, got to eat kale. Now now we're feeding it to deer. <laughs> now we're feeding it to deer, giving them protein. Um <laughs> Whitetail, uh, Imperial Whitetail, they made a new blend. It's called a Conceal. Um, and basically, you can create bedding areas, screens, funnels, etc. with it. It's similar on the lines of the plot screen. It doesn't get quite as big and or as tall as the plot screen will that we've talked about in the past, where if you want the deer not to see out and the neighbors not to see in, it's a really good uh, um, way to... Uh, help the deer feel a little bit more secure to come out earlier into the food plots. But if somebody's looking to create some bedding areas, this new conceal is a, is a neat product from Imperial Whitetail. So there's some things to check out. And obviously you guys are fully stocked with everything people need to put food plots in Brent. Yeah, we got, uh, Imperial Whitetail blends. Um, we have, uh, frigid forage. We have, uh, just a bunch of radishes, turnips, different things. I mean, we got a big variety of different stuff and, it's starting to fly off the shelf, so guys are, are, are uh, getting geared up and starting to put it in the ground. Do you guys do rental equipment as well? Yeah, a little bit. Um, problem is, is I have a bearing step on one of mine, and it is uh, taking me forever to find that bearing. So as of right now, we don't. But, you know, uh, Tiller from General Rental or something really gets the plots turned over good. So you can point them in the right direction there. there so. Right on, yep. Cool. Uh, one thing, Brent, that is interesting, and, and we touched on this, uh, I believe it was last week, and we're going to be talking about it, you know, probably throughout in going into the fall, is with the CWD detection here north of Merrifield in Crowing County, food plots and stuff that you can put out to feed deer, that has changed. What can you tell us on that front? Well, it's pretty much you can't feed them anything. Protein blocks, salt blocks, you can't have none of that in the woods for the deer which normally this time of the year, we have them in the woods. And um, it's a great place to, to hang a camera and watch the antler development and different things like that through the summer. And because uh, deer really, you know, bucks especially, really hit the salt block or that protein block and, and minerals and different things. And as of right now, uh, most of this area, we can't put it on the ground. So um person's just going to have to hang a camera on the food plot and hope for the best there but it was really a nice way to be able to watch the antler development through the year right um, but like i say right now we can't do it so everything has got to be completely natural planted in the ground so that's something to keep in mind uh you know it, 
this really isn't the necessary time when people really start thinking about bow hunting, but it's not a bad time, Brent, to you know start sharpening your shooting skills and all of that stuff. Uh, you guys can, you've got ranges out there at Bimert Outdoors, so if people want to hone their shooting skills, now is a good time to do it. Yep, they can come out and shoot inside if it's raining or or uh, outside. We got long range as well. They can come out and shoot long range out back and and uh, you know sometimes it's pretty hot out there uh, this weekend, but um, you know sometimes you get those cooler mornings or evenings in June yet where July tends to be a scorcher. So um, it is good practice just to hunt or shoot all year long to get ready for that hunting season. And you guys have got uh, some bows there. People are looking to upgrade right now. Would not be a bad time to do that. It'd be a great time to do that. Um, when we come out of that, it was kind of a slow spring, just that rainy, cold, miserable weather, and uh, it was kind of a, a slow spring. So we got a bunch of bows in stock. Um, we're ready to to put them in uh, new hands and and get them shooting straight. So uh, along with the new crossbows that are on the market, we have uh, all the mission line. We got the new ten points. We got the new Raven R26, which is just a micro uh, crossbow. It's just unreal how small they're making uh, these crossbows now. But they shoot with such knockdown power and range. That's the amazing thing to me. Yes, they are unbelievably accurate. I mean, I mean they're shooting targets to a hundred yards. Um, you know, I don't recommend shooting a deer that far away with them, but they are capable of. Uh, being deadly at 100 yards. Yeah, so there you go. That's Brent Beimert, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. Check him out just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210, just a few minutes west, and then uh, on Facebook as well. Brent, I appreciate it. It's glad we could finally hook up and talk for a little bit. We've both yeah. been so super busy, but uh, I'm sure we'll have you on here sporadically throughout the summer and then definitely into the fall. Sounds good, Brian. Thanks. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Back in studio with us, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon uh, from 371 North there in Baxter. And we haven't talked to Joel in a little bit, so I figured... It's been a little while. Yeah, it was nice to have you back in studio. So uh, Father's Day this weekend, Joel. Uh, you got re- something really, really cool. And it's a bit of a surf and turf type of thing, so I'll let you tell us about it. Yeah, so we're going to do a, a venison tenderloin, which will be the uh, turf portion. And then we're going to do a moho moho walleye, which will be uh, obviously our surf. It's kind of a uh, a Cuban-inspired walleye and a, uh, I, I guess, whiskey-inspired tenderloin. Yeah, and we're, and we're going to talk a little bit after you're done with the recipe about where you got the inspiration from right, this. So. Right. so we're going to start by building our marinade. We're going to need uh, some bourbon whiskey, soy sauce, Worcestershire, some fresh chopped rosemary, and some cracked black pepper. A little bit of brown sugar. We're going to whisk that up together, make sure everything is incorporated nicely. And then we're going to add in our venison tenderloin. We can put it into a Ziploc bag or keep it in a bowl. Either way, just make sure it's sealed up nice and tight. And we're going to put that in the refrigerator. Um, You know, I'd say at least four hours, up to 24 hours. I've marinated stuff in this marinade for four days, and it came out fantastic. So it just it kind of depends on the soy sauce, how much soy sauce you put in there is going to kind of eat away and, and make it a little too salty. But uh, so we're going to marinate that for for up to twenty four hours. We're going to take that out, kind of pat off a little bit of the marinade, and we're going to preheat our grill to four fifty. Get our uh, tenderloin out, season it up just a little bit with salt and pepper, 
and we're going to sear it on both sides for three to four minutes per side just until it's nice uh got a good crust on the outside and we're going to pull it off and put it on direct heat um, for about uh, 10 to 15 minutes just to get bring up to that mid-rare time temperature while our uh tenderloin is cooking we can mix up our moho walleye marinade so we'll need some orange juice fresh garlic fresh oregano some chopped up thyme a little bit of diced shallot and some black pepper whisk that up and we're gonna let that marinate for three hours at least so we'll do this both the same time we marinate them Um, and then we're gonna take that out we're gonna make a little foil uh, tinfoil pouch put our walleye in there a little pat of butter and we can do that at the same time as we're uh, cooking our venison tenderloin. It'll take about the same 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You know, wrap it up, throw it on the grill. It's good to go. Good to go. A couple of things on this. Number one, you and I were talking off air. You actually did this uh, moho thing with uh, pork yeah. uh, this last weekend, you said, and it turned out awesome. It did. We uh, we ended up smoking it, and uh, it was kind of a uh, Cuban-inspired you know, Cuban sandwich is what we went with, and it was uh, fantastic. Yeah, so that's – and the Cuban end of it, you actually got inspired by the movie Chef, right? Yeah, the Chef uh, chef movie. Yep. It's a fantastic movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, and the, the, you were telling me now that it's actually – there's an offshoot of it, uh, TV yeah, show too. Yeah, on uh, Netflix called The uh, Chef Show, and that's kind of where the inspiration came by, came came about. It uh, kind of breaks down the recipes a little more and gives a little more inspiration. Yeah, so if you want to give this a try, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you can go for the recipe. And as Joel said, check out uh, the movie The Chef or, or The Chef Show on Netflix, and then maybe you can be inspired as well to try some of these different recipes. Joel, I appreciate it. Good stuff here for Father's Day. Uh, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North and Baxter. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. And that will wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. You can stream the show live if you're away from your radio or out of town at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You can also listen on demand there. And, of course, we're all over all of the podcast networks, wherever you download podcasts, Podcast One, iTunes, Google Play, you name it, you just search Branded Outdoors. We just ask you subscribe and give us a nice rate and review. We'll see you next week for another edition of Branded Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liebax Marine in Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Fine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Red your truck accessory pros join brian moon saturday mornings at seven sunday evenings at seven and monday mornings at five right here on b93.3